clap sync. Three, two, one. Perfect. Wonderful. Dude, I Excellent. feel like it's like, you know, what those like, um, I forget what the exact phrase is, but it's like you either die a hero or you live long enough to be the villain or something along this premise. I yep. feel that way about Windows updates. It's like <laughs> I updated my computer a lot and I always do that. But after having been burned enough times where it will just without asking me and even though it'll say like, we'll keep all your settings the same, it will like unhook my audio devices in a way that is just annoying to me to figure out again. I have become the villain who doesn't update my computer now. And it's been like, hey, do you want to update tonight? And I was like, I don't want to fucking deal with that tomorrow. So no. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I'm really <laughs> sad about that, you guys. But all right, fair enough. <sighs> yeah, I mean, especially in, these, in, you know, in adult life, it's like, well, I've got to pencil in the 10 minutes that I won't be able to use my PC as I'm reconfiguring everything in. And oh, I don't know. I also want to make my kale and cheese omelet the next day. And mm -hmm. that takes 20 minutes. So yeah, there's only so many hours. Yeah, like, I think it's that. And I think it's also a function of when you become an adult, especially about working adult, I would say, unless you have an incredibly sick arrangement, in which case I would say good for you um do not gloat but instead feel good about yourself um but otherwise you're budgeting like how much bullshit you're willing to deal with in a given day like shit you don't want to do it's like 10 minutes to set my computer up that doesn't sound so bad to me as a kid to me as an adult it's like you have no idea how many other minutes i spent setting computers up that day <laughs> like i don't think i want more so have you no respect mm -hmm. yeah i i just think like i love the disconnect between like the design of whatever they have to actually do and like the how do we simplify this for idiots like we're not going to change anything and then like some engineer somewhere is screaming like well we are changing like these list of things like you recognize that like right like surely they that might affect some of the audience and then we'd, we'd come off as disingenuous and that guy just gets muted on the google hangout and then or microsoft teams <laughs> i guess in this case it would be and <laughs> and there you go so, okay, wait, I actually think we have to start this podcast off by um, saying trying... right in. Do you think that McCoy, McCoy, okay. Microsoft uses Microsoft <laughs> Teams or Google Hangouts? Oh, I think they use Microsoft Teams. Um, they use Microsoft Teams. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a pretty standard practice. Dog fooding. God damn it. Right in. <laughs> okay. Rafa, trying to build. Connection. Trying to build engagement there. Build yeah. Engagement. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Could you imagine Christ. if a YouTuber did that? Like, posed a question, like, write the answer in the comments. And then, like, the other host is just like, here's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what I, would I can't love imagine is, like, that. We just did that. Yeah. Okay. I would like, a, you know, write in your answer. And then, like, somebody submits, like, a test score back to the person who writes in, being like, you only got eight out of the 10 right. So that's an 80%. <laughs> Do well, better next time. Okay. I, I could be wrong. They might not dog food. And uh, mm -hmm. if you know and would like to tell us, okay. you can write in. Mm -hmm. TyranniaBums.gmail.com. That's right. That's right. We've we've now started. Or do they use Slack? They could also use Slack, but probably not. Like Microsoft Teams is supposed to be that all-in-one thing. I know because like a company that it should not be named uh, that I work for does that, uses that for everything. And like, it's great. It's all in one place. And uh, boy, it is not great. It is not great, um, especially when you get to like the whole like, if you really add like a the the beef of an IT t like department behind it, where they're like you know you got to change your password this many days, and then they like try to like cascade that through all your devices, but then like some devices don't really play nicely with like you forcing stuff from an administration level. 
So it's just it's just jank as fuck. But um Okay. Hi. You like Pokemon. We <laughs> also played Pokemon. Like, I'm not sure. You'll have to be the judge of that. Um, but I do think you guys we should talk about how to actually describe what this game is to someone who doesn't know because I've already tried to do this over the weekend. It was a fucking nightmare. I was like, well, okay. So it's kind of like Heroes of the Storm. Well, okay, let's start. Let's go further. It's, it's like League of Legends. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, but it's also like Heroes of the Storm. But it's also kind of like Hearthstone in the later years where there's just a bunch of bullshit currency everywhere. And then also, let's see. Oh, it's kind of like Pyre, actually, which is kind of cool. There's like some dunking going on. And then also, it's most similar to all of those Clash of Legends Unite Runeterra games that aren't by any of the major developers that are rather just like screenshots of big video game character art. <laughs> and then they just <laughs> pretend on the store. I think it's actually probably most similar to that. Um, but it is a, I guess, MOBA game that is on Switch only. And it's with Pokemon characters. And they definitely got us with the cell. And the cell was, what if I fed you a, like I said, <laughs> fake mobile game. Like not even a real mobile game, like a fake mobile game. But I put Pokemon characters on it. Um, okay, now I, we're going on. Wait, why is it fake? Are you sure it's not a real mobile game? It, it seems like a real mobile game. I know, I but like it also seems... But it doesn't even seem... See, maybe the mobile game scene has like evolved a lot past where, when I last checked it out. I, and I could believe that. Like, this could be cutting-edge mobile game design, but this felt like a knockoff mobile game. <laughs> like, it just... There was too ah. much shit. Too much... But that's my No, opinion. so it's actually extremely similar to what, like, Wild Rift looks like, which is Mobile League of Legends. I don't know Legends. what that game is. Oh, oh, like okay. on the phones and stuff? Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I had the exact same experience going in. It's just like, why are there, like, six different battle passes that I need to claim stuff on? <laughs> yeah. So, apparently, this is the industry standard. I mean, hmm. sample size of two. So, but two big ones. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're they're both doing some stuff there. Can you imagine the boardroom meeting that was like, hey, I think we should make Mobile League of Legends. Like, okay, so we're going to put League of Legends just on the phone. And then one guy in the back is like, they're not going to feel comfortable if there aren't like 14 currencies in it. Like, okay, cool. Like, they're just, those <laughs> mobile game users, they're just not used to simplicity. They're just not used to be able to get what they want in a normal way. They need to have like all these passes and stuff or else they're just not going to be interested. And so fair enough. That has created this game, it would seem. Um, okay. That's about, and we'll get to that later. But like, does anyone else have like a decent explanation of this game? Because it's kind of complicated, and yet it's a very simplified version of these types of games. And I think that's to its benefit. But did I miss anything? Is there any other way we could better describe? Like, how would you describe this to someone across the table if you had to describe this game? It's a five-player versus five-player top-down brawler. Um, Combined where the goal NBA is jam. to dunk on. <laughs> your enemies they flip the script on a but lot of you stuff you get points to dunk by defeating pokemon yeah i, I don't know but like it's, it's weird that they like they kind of subtly change almost everything they're like we have dragons in our game too except there's two of them you're like oh fuck and it's like we have a baron too but it's in the middle and it's called zapdos you're like oh fuck you know, it's like, we have towers in our game, too, except they don't shoot. They do the opposite. They heal you. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, just, you know, it's like everything is just like that little subtle change. Um, that being said, I don't know. I had fun, you guys. I don't know. Like, I, I think, you know, for what it's worth, the game might actually be kind of fun. 
Like, is is that fair? Did we have kind of fun playing this game? I mean, I think it's fair. Yeah. I think we should also tell the listener preface, like, a lot of us met each other through playing League of Legends. So, like, we've played MOBAs in the past um, mm -hmm. extensively. Yes. So we are aware of the mechanics that surround the game. We are aware of things like objectives and how getting the objectives means you win. And in this case, right. in this game, it's like literally just kill the objective and it's an insta win sometimes. Just gets out. Um, exactly. Like, in a way, I want to call this a casual MOBA. And I know MOBA players, I, like, it's been a hot topic in the Pokemon Unite community of like hmm. people calling it a casual MOBA because hardcore MOBA players are like, there's no such thing as a casual MOBA. But honestly, I would consider this to be a casual MOBA only because of just how simplified the game balance is, AKA kill objective insta win. Like <laughs> yeah. this game, these games are only about 10 minutes long. And so, therefore, the whole ramp up, like the scaling of, uh, of, of of advantages kind of almost happens in a landslide sometimes. Or you get an objective like Zapdos, which like spawns late game. And even if you're Last behind, as long as you kill that, like it's practically an insta win after that. Um, yeah. For instance, just, uh, before this podcast, we played yep. a game yep. and we were ahead the entire time. And we're like, wow, we're doing really well. But then the other team just had to group us five, kill Zapdos. And suddenly we lost by a landslide yeah, all of a sudden. We're like, whoa, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that happened. And it's like, it, it almost feels like the same design as like, fuck, Escalation when it ends in a knife fight. Except that like, that's like a for fun casual game mode and there is like some skill to it too and there's some skill to it here as well but like to see in your premiere like mode just like an auto win is it's it hurts my feelings man it hurts my well, feelings. Like, like, what was i doing for nine minutes man was i not i think escalation ending with a knife is actually much better designed it is because uh, yeah, like I instead agree. of just like giving the person who i mean actually like who is even the per the team getting zapdos in escalation <laughs> Like I, I feel like ending in a knife, it catches everybody up to the same place. The person who was ahead had an opportunity to get a little bit ahead, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, while they were ahead, uh, and then the team behind comes up on almost even footing. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas Zapdos, it's really just like you get it, you win. Mm -hmm. Right, you yeah. get it, you get it, super strong. The enemy teams is goals become completely defenseless so they can insta dunk and when they dunk they're like invulnerable as they dunk so it's just like it's a lot of buffing <laughs> mm -hmm. and the other team do like obviously is like where they were before so obviously if a team gets zapdos then they can basically group as five and just win on team fights no problem do you guys think that's why they don't show you the score or who's winning at all before then really like in any concrete way because they're like hey it doesn't matter just get zapdos like <laughs> <laughs> i think that might be part of it but also they understand their audience and the fact that their audience is mostly like 10 year olds who are going to get really sad if they see that they're losing really hard from just the like beginning. Well, but instead and it says, quit the game you're and really struggling. <laughs> Repeatedly. Yeah, but like, that's different from showing an actual score. 
Yeah. Like I both agree with, with James on this and also think that seeing an actual score to me, maybe I'm just used to it from so many years of, of competitive video games or whatever, but them saying you're really struggling in that tone to me is honestly more rage inducing and potentially rage quit inducing than a score would be. Like even if we were getting dumpstered, like I'd be like, Agreed. yeah, like this is just, I totally get that. That's tracking. But just the way that they're like, God, step up. You're like, oh, I'm fucking trying. <laughs> I wonder if it's the scaling of points though is the reason why they don't show it. Cause like how bad would it feel to be like, Ah, uh, they get twenty. We get twenty. They get twenty. We get twenty. They get seven hundred. Yeah, no, agreed. And we get twenty. Oh, I <laughs> so, so then agree it's just like that. holy shit. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> you would realize how meaningless it was. All those early game skirmishes where you like got ahead by twenty points because you like got these like smart dunks in, and then they just got seven hundred, like you said. And it not only <laughs> didn't matter, but it really didn't matter. Um, but of course it does. Look, we're ragging on this game a little bit, but I do want to say that what's really interesting is that when you think of the casual MOBA-like spectrum, you know, people were saying that about League of Legends compared to Dota. And so, like, Riot has made their name off of making the casual version of a more hardcore thing. They did the same thing with Valorant. A lot of people called Valorant to be the casual Counter-Strike, which is like a hilarious concept but it's the same thing with dota like a casual dota is a hilarious concept too because league of legends is insanely deep and so is valorant but so is dota and potentially more so i don't know but the point simply is there's a spectrum where people are trying to make these games along this spectrum in terms of complexity knowing that the more casual you make it the easier it is hopefully for new people to get into it but then the harder it is for them to stay because there isn't a lot there so it's interesting. I think us coming from League of Legends is a similar thing that I've heard people say. You know, I remember talking to the StarCraft team uh, at, in college and being like them just being like, yeah, League of Legends is just like some baby Dota shit. And like, it sounds like what I'm what I feel about this game right now. So it's just a weird thing to think about it in that context. But, you know, maybe it's a baby League of Legends, but they might just be targeting babies of course that's what's funny about pokemon is that the only people that i know that are into pokemon are exclusively 30 year old people <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> it's not yeah. babies it never was and it's so have you guys ever like read hardcore forum posts on pokemon games like oh what is this game for children it's fucking balanced so bullshit like they didn't even try for the hardcore professional scene it's like smash you know it's the same thing it's just uh <laughs> Nintendo is struggling with the fact that their fans are older now and hardcore as fuck. Um, but also, you don't, like, talk to small children ever. Like, you insulate yourself from them very effectively. There's a lot of little kids that are really into Pokemon games. Awesome. Um, and there's a lot of little kids that are really into Pokemon in general and Nintendo things. And um, so they are, you know, targeting an audience that they have. Um, and I think they're doing that very successfully. The problem is that there is another audience um, that they're not really servicing. And spoilers, it's us. Wow. And so if you're one of those people that <laughs> yeah. love this game and you're in the target audience, dude, fair play to you. But just know... We're too old for that shit, is the moral of the story. We've, you know, been around this block too many times. At least that's why I think. I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn for other people, but yeah, I, I'm okay. Here's what I fucking, I'll turn it a little bit. I will say for this one week that we played it together, I'm really fucking glad it was a casual League of Legends. Want to know why? Because if it had been deeper than that, I would not have been able to get to the level that I wanted to get to. 
you know what I'm saying? I enjoyed the simplicity. I enjoyed not having to learn about item builds uh, and just play with you guys. So that aspect was fun and was a success. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I'd agree with that. I, um, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed, we, we did it for like three separate sessions and each, each session I was like looking forward to, it wasn't like a, it didn't feel like a homework sort of thing of like, oh, well, I have to now like really think long and hard about this game and like, oh, my mechanics are going to be so shit and I'm going to feel exhausted after I play because like, it's going to take a lot of my mental capacity. Like, and this is what I mean by being a casual MOBA in just the sense that, like, also the mechanics involved in it are not very mentally demanding. Like, you play Valorant and you have to, like, worry about lineups and crosshair placement and peeking and, like, communicating with your team. And, like, there's a lot of different variables. But because the UI on the Nintendo Switch is, for one thing, like, a joystick, like, it's a controller... That's also a difference with the past MOBAs we've played is like a lot of the other MOBAs are mouse and keyboard and the complexity of adding a mouse and keyboard or the mouse and keyboard adds complexity to a MOBA, you know, in terms of, ah, there's right click versus left click. And then you've got how many keys on a keyboard and like Nintendo is like, ah, we have a joystick and four buttons. <laughs> Here's what you can do. Yeah. And they um, even simplified like more than a controller is even necessitates like they could have used more mm -hmm. buttons on the controller but the real key is just the mouse the mouse just unlocks a, a level of precision that and i actually remember talking about this with gabe and he didn't listen or understand this at the time i'm sure he would understand now but he was like i love playing pc first person shooters and totally i can get with that i love playing pc first person shooters too but i said that there there is a totally different and unique balance to the same game on a console because you can't aim as well, and that might be frustrating for you, but neither can your opponents. And so the whole gunfight slows down. Everything is a little messier. And so that's the upside and the downside of the mouse on PC is like, holy shit, I can aim this AOE like beautifully. It's awesome. Oh my God, they can't do holy fuck. And like that is just kind of like the nature. It, it boosts everyone's ability to do certain things. And so it just fundamentally changes the game uh, for sure. And so, like, going, I think, the other way is really hard. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm curious, like, like, I mean, I played a lot of controller games when I was a kid. So I'm, like, always kind of comfortable on controllers. They're just kind of second nature to me. I play a lot of PC games on controller if I can. I just think it's fun. Um, but do other people feel controllers are just, like, some nightmare shit? Because I feel like they're slowly going out, you know, to pass. I'm raising my hand. I, I hate controller games uh last of us is the only controller game that i can truly play and feel okay with and even then my shooting in that game is questionable at least like it's funny because brandon will be like behind me like coaching me how to like aim and shoot with a controller because he's done like call of duty on the on the console and everything so he's just like you gotta just like lightly feather the right thumbstick and i'm just like looking up at the ceiling then up at the floor and then i'm doing yep. a sharp right sharp left <laughs> like i can't do like the little micro movements that are required of me uh when it comes to a controller or i just can't do them well it's very um it's very jerky i guess is the best way that i can describe it and maybe mccoy can attest to this because i had to play dark souls with the controller like my camera movements are very very uh i don't know just it's not smooth that's all I'll say. Sure. 
Well, what's interesting about the Dark Souls is that, absolutely, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and it, I, I can even imagine what your thumb is doing, like the way it's gripping and like almost trying to squeeze the life out of the controller, and you're not going to get um, at least intense moments. But like the beauty of Dark Souls is that, and kind of in a way that this game does for certain characters, it um, locks you on an enemy, and as a result, you get to take all of the advantage of the controller, which is that you get all these elegant buttons right at your fingertips, and you don't have to reach for any of them. Like, they're right there. And that's really cool, and that's always been really cool on the controller. But, man, aiming, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> yes. And and all you need to know is that professional Call of Duty and professional Halo, if that still exists, rest in peace, um, on the controller still uses auto-aim to this day. I mean, like, and actually, I think it's a, it's a core part of the game, and players use that system to become better, and they learn that system. But it's not like they're like, well, at the professional level, you just turn off auto-aim. It's like, you don't do that on a controller. <laughs> so that's pretty much all you need to know. So I played a character in this game, Pikachu, uh, that doesn't have, if you skill him the way I skilled him, he doesn't have any moves that you have to aim at all. And you rely exclusively on auto-targeting, or at least I did. And I thought that was the perfect sweet spot for this game. I'm a bursty character, and I target the people with the least amount of health. And so I am just taking all of their carries, stunning them, and blowing them up. And that's all I'm doing, and that's all I care to do. And I think for me, at least, it worked really well. But I'm curious to hear. I know other people had skills they had to actually aim. And that seems hard. Is it? Yeah, yeah. so Raphael, who are you playing? Yeah. Lucar Is that Lucario? Yeah, so I was playing Lucario. And so, I mean, Lucario is, I guess, a bit in the middle. Uh, the lock-on works well some of the time but there are definitely other times where you do not want to lock on um or you want to be very deliberate about where you're aiming um which thing you're locking onto. uh so in particular he has a dash move where he literally just dashes uh and so like even just fighting uh the bees for example you want to aim the dash so that you don't just like hit one of them you hit like all of them mm. um and his other move was a similar cone except you don't dash so it has some of the same things where it's like you want to try to aim it to make sure you're hitting more things with it um but yeah like if you accidentally don't aim it right like and you're dashing into the team when you were trying to dash away uh that was pretty catastrophic oof yeah um and in terms of like how the controls felt yeah i definitely would have preferred this on mouse keyboard mm. uh i actually also would have preferred this on just like touch controls uh because mm. i've played wild rift and it had a little bit of like the acclimation uh where things felt really awkward uh but once i got over that aiming felt pretty smooth in a way that i don't think i ever got to with the switch controls did you play it like on a phone straight up or was it on a tablet anything bigger was on a phone it... yeah wow okay doable you think yeah yeah cool it's just i i would always theorize that my thumbs or whatever would like take over the screen but you know this is just speaking of taking over the anything mobile game is taking over the industry so people do it they enjoy it it would seem seems doable mm -hmm. I mean, definitely substantial amount of the screen is dedicated to like showing these controls uh but it works surprisingly better than i would have expected that's awesome what about you, James? Did you have to aim in your shit? Um, 
sort of. So I played a few games over the uh, a few characters over the three days or whatever that we played. I played mostly Jigglypuff, um, some Snorlax, and then a little bit of um, uh, Venusaur. Um, and, uh, Venusaur, you have to aim every single thing or else you're going to miss, which feels awful, to be honest. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. <laughs> um, Snorlax, you have one ability that you need to aim, uh, or I guess two. Um, I was playing with the, like, body slam and the shield. And you can do the shield in the wrong direction, but it's not that hard. Um, and usually you just want to auto-lock on the body slam, so that's fine. And um, uh, blah, blah, blah. and then as Jigglypuff, you have like one move that's aimable. Um which is the like slap slash I don't know it's like a cone out in front of you um and it's it's really easy to aim it's not that bad okay so there's um, like a lot of characters that maybe work it's just yeah some some are kind of difficult did you ever play a character that was all auto aim stuff like entirely all auto aim yeah i mean Wigglytuff Jigglypuff is like basically all auto aim, but not entirely all auto aim. Um, and by auto aim, I mean like one of one of their abilities is like just a circle around you. The sing ability that puts people to sleep just mm. makes a circle around you that you have to make sure that the enemies are in. And then your alt is a bigger circle. That gives your allies a shield. Um, and then the slap. So, I mean, sort of. Yeah, I guess it also depends on the character. Because, like, I think, like, Cinderace definitely had more auto-aim abilities. But, like, auto-aim, but you kind of want to manually aim. Like, you, you couldn't rely on the auto-aim as much as you wanted to. Um, only because the auto aim also can snap to uh, to minions Creeps. and whatnot. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I know, like when I first was playing, I first really liked Cinderace, but then when it kind of got to more intense games that actually required like attacking people instead of creeps, like it did feel bad to like alt and he kicks the ball like into a lobster <laughs> and yeah. you're just like oh no you're like i'll take those three thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah worth i need a base oh my this. team's dead i'm sorry yeah <laughs> see but base. this this yeah. is what you have to understand right what that microcosm of what zoe just said is exactly where we come from she just said worth after alting a minion and walked away that is league of legends culture we were like practically born and bred in it um, and and we thought that in theory that would allow us to beat up on seven-year-olds now what was the report you guys did we beat up on seven-year-olds in this game with our league of legends knowledge could the listener do that too if they had some league of legends knowledge? yes okay if you play by yourself okay 
Yeah, playing in a team yeah. did not feel like beating up on seven-year-olds. <laughs> not at all. It, it, it felt like being is... beaten up as a seven-year-old. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a seven-year-old with 15 years League like, Legends experience, you're like, man, like, <laughs> this shit sucks. Yeah, I actually played more Dota than League of Legends, though. Mm, okay, so fair enough. Do you think that there's a Q thing that if you play five-stack ranked, it just puts you against the 30-year-olds that we were speaking of earlier, the ones that complain about balance? It felt like it. That, yeah, that seems likely. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> not so far from what we were doing, so fair play. I mean, just looking at like the tools in-game to communicate, it didn't seem like you would be getting these five stacks unless you already had a group of friends that was going into it together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And probably with Discord. But it does apparently, at higher ranks, prioritize queue time over five stack versus five stack. Hmm. So you can just end up versus a five stack. Um, right. And the only, sucks, but we learned that if there's people who are creating a five stack, it's because they can absolutely dumpster the people. <laughs> At least that's how it felt. The first couple of games we played, I feel like we learned and actually by day three, we were actually able to trade blow for blow mm -hmm. games wise. But that was still like a good yeah. like two to three hours of gaming it took for us as a five stack to get to that point. Because the first two days were a little rough, to yeah. say the least. I also think it, the, for the first couple of games, our history and other MOBAs had actually, it was helping us in places, but it was hurting us in spots too. Like we'd kill people and we'd think to ourselves, yeah. what's an advantage we can take? And then I'd look at the top right corner and I'd be like, I guess it doesn't display death counters because they're already respawned in in lane. Like you haven't even got to dunk yet. I was actually watching right. a stream of a high, quote high level game. I'm just, I trusted this guy's stream title, but he wasn't even killing people. <laughs> he was just getting them low and dunking in their face because they had to back off. And I was like, oh, I thought you should kill them. And he was like, I mean, not really. You could, and it's good, but, like, it, you want to, like, get them low, get them back to their fucking thing, then, like, poke them off if you can, and then your jungler comes, and then you all just kind of poke them off and dunk in their face. And it was, like, weird to watch. Like, nobody was killing anybody, but all these dunks were going down, and it was just alien to me. And I don't think I would have gotten there, even if you had given me a week, um, just because of my previous past MOVA experience. So do you guys feel that? Like, I definitely, some of our, our uh, desire to get objectives on the map, because we've heard casters yell this at us for years, was something that I think was maybe... <laughs> Throw in some games, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. The number of times we won a team fight and then ran to Zapdos and then the team, enemy team respawned, killed us all and got the Zapdos from us because we only got it down to like two thirds health. It was too many. It was too many times that that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot. That's, I think, the biggest benefit of a five stack that makes it seem kind of scary. Is like, sure, if they have like sweet jungle strats where like the guy ganks and shit, which we did, which was awesome. Thank you, Raphael. Um, but like, mm -hmm. that's nice. But what was really the real strength of a five stack when you could just feel them working, regardless of their skill, was when one person didn't just start Zapdos for no reason and throw the whole game. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that happened to us just earlier today, <laughs> um, where our random was like not on the same wavelength as us, where we had been drilling in ourselves, don't fucking start Zapdos if you're ahead unless you can fucking close this thing. And he was just like, I think we should start Zapdos. And we're like, oh, he's 
on his journey to learning this, but he's not there yet. So I guess we just lose. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then we lost. And then we lost. Fair enough. But yeah, like I, I think there was a, a bit of an adjustment period to getting t- into a game like this and to fr- coming from other MOBAs. And and I think we got there. I don't know if we got all the way there. Of course we didn't. But like, you know what I mean? We I think we got a, quite a bit of distance. Like our early game was pretty cool for a while. Like it was getting pretty clean. Um, and then we were just trying to figure out how to translate that into winning the game. And we did it sometimes. We learned about defense. Because see, this thing with this game is that they can score points in you through side laning or side lane pressure in a similar way to like League or something like that, where they can split push you, except that it's like they can like dunk on you and they can actually just get so much from that that like grouping as five is kind of like a weird and potentially like bad strategy. Like you can't like push the lanes and then be like, well, these guys are fucked. They can't take the towers right now. Like we're all pushing them in. Like now is the time we group. Like there isn't really that aspect to it. So someone could just fucking roll out the jungle with 40 on them and just like hit the top lane and you're like, fuck me. So we learned to like, all right. So you got to stay here, okay? <laughs> and then I'll go try to dunk, and then I'll switch with you, okay? Like, but someone has got to fucking man this post and sit here and play PvE against the fucking bees, okay? You got to fuck these bees up uh, for a little while. And it's like little things like that, but I feel like I feel like we learned quite a bit of those little tweaks to, to get us there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're able to get a lot of small advantages into the late game that often end up not mattering because we lose the Zapdos fight. Right. But they hopefully, like, help us with the Zapdos fight, you know? Like, I feel like it's better to be ahead, like, when you're yeah, going into I mean, coin flip. I think in our earlier games, we were kind of behind the whole game. And so we didn't even have a chance at the Zapdos fight because we were also, like, three or four levels behind. Mm-hmm. And so in, at least in our later yeah. games... uh there was something we could have done to do the Zapdos fight better. Yeah. You know what this, you know what this game fucking reminds me of? It reminds me of, God, was it, was it Idra back in Starcraft? This is a strange reference, but for those of you who get it, respect. I think it was Idra. He was a Zerg player and he was famous for rage quitting way too early because the way he, if you heard him on talk shows, which I did a lot, he would talk about like, well, if this happens, you just auto lose. And if you've watched a lot of the pro scene, it's like you auto lose on paper, but like people are fucking up all over the place. So you just need to like make a potentially like, you know, risky play to get yourself back in the game, or maybe they'll mess up or maybe they won't do the picture perfect ending sequence that you think they will. And there was a famous instance where he actually was fighting this Terran player in a pro match and he started, he lost something. And he was like, fuck this, it's an auto-lose. Like, he lost his third base of the gold or something like that. And he was like, fuck this, and he quit. But unbeknownst to him, the other guy had accidentally destroyed his own command center (laughs) (laughs) by misclicking his own command center. He destroyed his own main base, like, just on accident. And Idra quit the game because he's like, there's no way. And just, like, that shit haunted him to the ends of the earth. Um, And... As it should, I guess. <laughs> it was unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. But I think there was another famous instance where the enemy units were mostly hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that army's just way too big. Surrender. Yes. Oh, God. That, I forgot about that one. And that is a great example. But the moral of the story of what I'm trying to say, if I bring it back to this game, is that it feels like they designed this game in the way that Idra thinks. And like the way that some League people think. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like, well, they just get parents. It's just fucking auto lose. Like, you might as well surrender now. And it's like, is it auto lose? Like, I feel like you could battle back. Like, listen, I'm not saying it's great, but if they walk, if they face check a book, like a bush, a book, if they face check a book, bush, right? Oh, I did it again. God damn it. Well, I'm trying hard. But... <laughs> Fuck me. Um, but you know, I think first. the only Better way to read a book books. is Fuck. with your face. <laughs> It's in a book, Reading Rainbow. Okay, all right, steady. Um, yeah, uh, god damn it. I was also watching Star Trek the other day. That's a great reference. Not important. Anyways, so, yes. Like, there are plenty of ways that they can throw. And if we've watched a lot of pro games and we've learned anything, it's that, you know, a dude, an 80 carry is going to face check a bush and die. Or, like, potentially. It's worth a shot. Um, but it's like they designed Zapdos in this game, like, as if, like, it was like, well, what if it actually was an auto lose like it's like you interviewed a league player and you said like well what happens like well you get all these small advantages in lane and like you know if you feed a little bit it's okay it's not great certain people are scaling like the tankier characters are a little worse right away because the range is just so powerful but eventually they get stronger and they get you know better armor and whatever else and even if they're down a couple of deaths they're starting to hit their power spikes especially around level six they've got their ultimate they can do a lot of damage and especially when they level up their ultimate a couple more times and it's like, and then it all comes down to this 50-50 Baron fight. And you know that that's not real, but that's that's how they feel about it because they feel like things are on such a razor's edge. And they were like, cool, let's just design a game where it actually is that. Let's just design a way that this game could be as Idra thinks. Okay, so I belabored that joke a little bit on the end. But seriously, <laughs> doesn't it feel like that? It feels like the way that pro players describe about that Baron fight. Well, it was 50-50 and once I stole that, I knew we could win. You're like, oh, cool. Like, that is this game, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, Right, and I think that yeah. has to deal with, like, the time limit. Like, it, it's not... This is also a MOBA that has a time limit in that it starts with a 10-minute timer that just ticks down, and wherever you're at at the end of 10 minutes is when the game is called, regardless of what the situation is. Hell, you could be behind on the brink of coming back, but if that timer ticks down to zero, the game's over. So, like... Unlike League, where sure, you could lose the Baron and then maybe hunker down in your base and just like slowly try to like take fights as you will. Like League games can draw out to like an hour mm -hmm. if you have a good defense. Um, but it's yeah, it's that time constraint that this game has where it's just like, okay, well, they got Zapdos. Sure, you could maybe eke it out and like maybe defend your base, but also like, fuck you, 10 minutes is up. Let's call it <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, like the injured thing. Like, okay, it's lost. It's lost. GG. And you're just like, no. Okay, Zoe, tell me this. Do you think that the correct response to losing Zapdos is the most complicated input in the entire game, which is surrendering? Like, do you think it is like a skill check <laughs> where the whole team has to surrender in unison and it's very difficult? It's like start. Honestly, it took me like five games to learn how to surrender. Like I would see the like the vote it's in so the cup hard. corner, it's so hard. and I'm just like, okay, how do I vote? And the thing is, you have to like hold down the plus button, which is like a button that's kind of like I don't know, it's small on your switch, and but you're also trying to like maneuver about the map. So you're like, okay, I gotta find a place to stand and still hold down the plus button. Okay, oh now I have to pull up X and then L two no l1 yeah, oh fuck that uh, oh god now it closed on me i have to redo it hold down the plus button mm -hmm. <laughs> like oh it's... it is an ordeal to surrender in this game which is hilarious because it's like yeah. if it's gonna truly be like a one-sided thing like they should make surrender like an auto like a key bind that you can just do of like oh yeah just 
just hit this button dude do you think we'll just It'll get to a state where they'll just facial recognize sadness on your face and just auto surrender for you <laughs> and just like start playing like your most suggested youtube video just to console you they'll just oh start playing God. about fucking who knows like camera lenses the recap from the latest esports just some shit will just get like you know, it'll be some lady I'll like probably put like inspiring game quotes at the top being like, you can do it. <laughs> like, I know you were struggling today in the game. We told you about it, but it's OK. Yeah, exactly. They start they start playing like a fucking 480p video of just a beach, you know, <laughs> the jankiest fucking dude. Th surrendering this game is almost as hard as using the fucking super jump. Why is it so fucking hard to learn how to use that thing? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, I All mean, right. I guess it's Were the thing where you have, like, a pro Were you using a Switch Pro controller? I was using the, like, 3D printed thing that comes with the Switch where you can slot the joysticks in. The the Joy-Cons. Yeah. Okay. I would highly suggest a Switch Pro controller. Hmm. As it happens, Switch Pro controllers are way better at this sort of thing than they have any right to be. Compared to the basic ones. Why? They just, they're just they're awesome. surprisingly good in comparison. I mean, it's like it's like an Xbox an Xbox controller for your Switch. Is it like the thumbsticks are better or Basically. like what's the deal? Everything is better. Oh. <laughs> the layout is dramatically better. Um, the size of everything is better. The button positions are better. It's just a controller. Fuck. I want this, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just... It's get you. <laughs> it's like the only way to play Switch games. Fuck, you've <laughs> had this forever? Oh my god, what have I been doing with my life, bro? Yeah, I've had this forever. Fuck, I bought a super nice controller yeah. for my PC, but I didn't for my Switch, and then I just sort of like awkwardly played Breath of the Wild and was like, this kind of hurts my thumbs, and that was just like my experience with the whole game. <laughs> yeah. No, if you got a Switch Pro controller, you'd be like, oh... Oh, sick. This doesn't hurt my thumbs. Dude. Yeah. This, that's just awesome. Like, it, it's like, do they have, a, does anybody know if they have like an adapter for the Switch where you can plug in a GameCube controller? Because I swear like the last like three consoles. They do. They do? Oh my God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So like I play Smash with GameCube controllers. On the Switch? Yeah. That's cool. You, you need to use the dock, I think, so that you get a usb port and then it's like a usb to whatever the gamecube port is <laughs> usb to gamecube <laughs> oh that's so funny like it's just so i was i was listening to some podcast and they were saying like nintendo fucked up because they now have to support the gamecube controller for fucking the rest of time like <laughs> but it might be true but yeah i would imagine hard i don't know would... the switch pro controller is way better than the gamecube controller i disagree for the specific context of smash okay well for the specific context of smash it might be slightly better but i so here's my issue with the gamecube controller for smash which has nothing to do with this game i never really played the gamecube version of smash that much okay. so i just don't have any of that muscle memory mm-hmm um, and so I learned most of my smash on the Wii remotes. Oh God. So I can just kind of play smash on any controller badly. <laughs> okay. And yeah. on no controller. Well, 
Like, where's the C-stick on this fucking Wii mode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Well, the thing is, that forced me to actually learn how to do smash attacks because there was no C-stick. <laughs> how do you play that game without a C-stick, bro? How do you charge as Samus? Or like... I think a lot of people actually rebind C-stick to tilt attacks. Hmm. Because they're yeah. more finicky than smashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these are the 30-year-olds on forums, by the way, just so we're clear. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, very much so. Very, very, very much so. Yep. Guilty as charged. Dude, have I told the story <laughs> before where, like, a good friend of mine named Andrew was uh, just so into Smash. He he was into the, the GameCube version Melee, and he was so good at it that he could 1v3 us. Like, you know, I mean, like, other people, like, I guess I'm not that good at the game, but, like, my other friend Matt was, like, very good. And, like, whoever our random fucking friend was was at least decent. And this guy, Andrew, would fucking destroy us. Like, it was embarrassing. It was, like, the first point in time where I realized that there was, like, really levels to this. And, like, if it was a precursor to, like, once they introduced ranking systems to all their video games, I wasn't at the top, was I? You know what I mean? Like, and I knew because Andrew was at the top. You know what I'm saying? But um, he was so fucking excited for Brawl, man. The the one on the Wii? I think it was yep. high school mm-hmm. and yeah, he was just like every day they would, they, this was actually a very like modern approach that they would take to this. Uh, they would post a forum post or whatever, like on their website every single day to introduce a feature, a concept, a, sometimes a character, a level, like uh, an item, some really interesting shit. So if you were like following this game, like, you know, this shit happens all the time now where like people are like dropping shit on Twitter or Instagram. Like what if they're like, Ooh, this is like a screenshot from, you know, The Last of Us 2 upcoming, you're like, oh, fuck, that's so cool. Like, it doesn't spoil anything, but it's, like, really interesting. It's keeping me, you know, it's little breadcrumbs keeping me interested. So they were doing this for fucking Smash. And I remember he would go through it. We were at the fucking, we were at gym, right? I'm in my fucking gym shorts, okay? And I'm sitting on the fucking gym floor. And they're trying to tell us about eating healthy, which clearly didn't work. And then I'm (laughs) (laughs) sitting... Anyways, steady. Um, and then I'm sitting there and he, Andrew and I would sit next to each other in the grid that we would be sitting and he would always be explaining to me about the newest introduction to Smash. And he would talk about, oh man, there's rumors of Mega Man. Like, dude, like, you know, Marth's coming back, but also Ike's coming at the same time or some shit like this. I don't know. If that's wrong, don't even fucking write it. I don't care about the engagement. Come on, man. It was, I was fucking at high school. Um, but there was a day that he came. And it was when Nintendo not only recognized but announced to the world that they do not respect the then would grow to be 30-year-old tryhards in their game. The ones that were like Andrew that were playing the game incredibly hardcore where he came to fucking school and he was in a little bit of a mood. He was a little sad, bewildered, a little lost. Andrew, what's up, man? You good? Everything all good at your family? He's like, yeah, my family's fine, man. But I read the forum post today and I was like, shit, what? And he's like, there's this new feature in Brawl. I just don't. I don't get it, man. He's like, oh, shit. Like, what is it? He's like, it's called tripping. Like, what is that? He's like, sometimes when you're running around, you just fall over. And you're stunned and they can kill you. And I'm like, what? And he's like, Nintendo doesn't want a competitive game, man. They don't want the tournaments, man. They don't want... And he just fucking went. And I was like, oh, my God. He's so right. And he's absolutely fucking goddamn right. Nintendo was like, fuck you. And, dude, they literally made modded, modded versions of that game. You would buy a fucking SD card or some shit, a GameCube card, off of fucking the internet, fucking eBay or some shit, and they would send it to your house, and it would become preloaded with a version of fucking Smash that didn't have tripping in it. <laughs> because people hated that shit so much. And, boy, he bought that shit quick from an artisan. But, yeah, like, anyways, moral of the story, though, is that, like, 
Nintendo fucking knows. They fucking know that you're out there trying hard rebinding your C-Stick, and they'll... They'll humor you a little in the modern age, but they hate you. Just let it be Yeah, I mean, I think think they did turn it around a little bit with Ultimate uh, for Smash. Yeah. Is Ultimate the... the new one? No. Uh, What's I the th- one for the Switch? That That is the one for the Switch, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they maybe have even turned it out enough yeah, that they are introducing thing. a new Switch with a fucking Ethernet port in it. So you can you can not just lag out in the middle of your fucking ranked games. Sick. <laughs> like, it's so funny because the it whole... It happened a couple times. Yeah. Oh, that happened. Exactly. I was thinking the same shit. That oh, happened yeah. to us because you can see, like, the Wi-Fi signals up in the corner, you know? <laughs> Like your connection <laughs> <Yep>. bars. <laughs> but it's so funny because everyone was like, oh my God, I can't wait for a Switch that has like a 4K resolution. Like it's going to pop into my TV. It's going to look so beautiful. It's going to have like maybe 120 hertz or like at least the screen's going to be better. And they're like, listen, it's an OLED screen, which admittedly is better, probably better battery for something. And it has an ethernet port. And the whole internet was memeing like, this is so stupid. Nintendo was fucking, what a joke. Steam Deck, you ever heard about Steam Deck? And the Smash community was like, give me that bitch. I want an ethernet cable. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like... <laughs> It's so fair play, fair play. <laughs> Listen, I I use Ethernet too, bro. It's sick. Um, anyways, holy shit, that was a tangent. Yeah, they're um, gonna sell a lot of those. <laughs> they are, they are. Oh my god. <sighs> but they could release a new Switch every year with like one additional feature, and they would sell millions of every single one. Yeah. They and in fact, they should do that. Yeah. They that's a, the old <laughs> Nintendo way. They used to just be like, you like the GameCube. Would you like it in blue? And it's like, yes, fucking yes. <laughs> I would love it in blue, but you have it in purple. It's like, I know, but I, I just, you know, like that, that shit's already going down. Like, like back in the day, they didn't even add features. Good point. Like, do you remember when they, okay, so there's a Pokemon. Okay. I'm bringing it slowly back. You guys to Pokemon. I'm really close. Okay. So Pokemon, <laughs> here's a great one. You guys remember red and blue, the earliest mm-hmm. fucking Game Boy games that were out there. They released the revamped version yellow. Yellow. And I was like, oh shit, what did they do? They coded it so that Pikachu, if he's in your party, just follows you around on the main map. Like you just see him behind you and he just like takes the step behind you like a snake. That's it. And they were like, I don't know, whatever the games were back then. 40 bucks, 60 bucks, give it to me. And people were like, fuck yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah. And my mom was like, this is questionable. Eve, like, come on, man. <laughs> but it was awesome. And that's when my love for Pikachu started. And that's why I'd recommend everyone should play Pikachu and Pokemon Unite because you don't have to aim. Um, I took it all the way back. <laughs> no, but seriously, I do say to you guys, though, I, you'll probably never play this game again. But if you do, try Pikachu out because he's fucking legit. Like, you don't have to aim shit. And it makes me look so pro. Like, people are like, oh, my God. Like, wow, McCoy, you're so good. It's like, I didn't do anything. Like, <laughs> I just didn't miss like everyone else. And I'm feeling great about it. Um, the auto aim was perfect. It targeted the exact champions I wanted to attack. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and I always do it at max range. So it's like if you're it's like you, you just have to shift your expectations in normal video games. You have a goal that you want to do and you achieve that goal. Right. And everything else is failure. I want to peek this and I want to make sure I peek it right after the flash explodes. And that way they'll be blind. I have like a one second window and I better nail this in this game. It's like. I just want to send my abilities out to someone at max range. And if it's the right target, we go in. And if it's the wrong target, um, I'm poking. We're good. You just change your expectations. Change the goalposts. <laughs> you win every time. <laughs> so that's a great uh, argument for Pikachu there. Um, exactly. I don't know. 
should we talk that. about the that monetization schemes in this game, you guys? Should we should we do it? I feel like it's like it's mentioned. It's there. I, I, I mean, think yeah. It's a must. If you want to play this game seriously, it costs like a thousand dollars. Really? Oh my um, god. Well, yeah, because you have to like upgrade all of the items because probably maybe not all of them, but a lot of them, and all the held items take like hundreds and hundreds of item upgrade units i don't know currency because like they start being like yeah just like four and it'll upgrade to the next level and then pretty soon it's like 50 and then pretty soon it's like 80 um and i assume that that costs like 10 bucks for 50 of those. So um, that's just to get all of the held items to max level, which gives you a massive advantage. I think we likened it to like the old school league rune system almost, where it's like, yeah, you could organically get enough in-game currency through playing games to like save up to buy rune slots um or you could just pay 25.99 and all of your rune slots will be unlocked um but like also this game goes one step further of it's like okay well what if you had this rune but you could enhance the rune by leveling it up 50 times so instead of 0.1% armor penetration it will now do five percent armor penetration like it's Damn. it's stuff like that where like sure it seems like small numbers but then you actually play up against it and you're like wow this person destroyed me it's probably because they paid <laughs> x amount of dollars to auto attack me for you know all of my health or something yeah mm -hmm. it, it's it reminds me of like how people talk about conflict of interest where it's like it's not about whether or not, you know, they talk about Saladin esports or whatever, but it's like, you know, it's not about whether or not they did cheat or they did cheat because their sister team was in the tournament and they wanted to lose to throw the bracket. It's about the fact that this could be possible. And it's the same thing here. It's like, it's not about whether or not they did drop $1,000, but you just sit there and go like, I feel like they dropped 1000 It's just like, it just comes right out. <laughs> <at me. laughs> it's the first excuse. And they did not protect against that. They instead yeah. took the $1,000 and fair play. Um yeah, so it looks like fully leveling up an item is around forty bucks. Okay. And you get three. And that's you a have lot. Three, what? three item slots, so then you know that's essentially like a hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, and you might play different Pokemon, which might need different items or have different item builds, maybe. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. And then have to do that again. So let's let let's talk really quickly about people's philosophy about free to play. I want to say this because it's actually really interesting to talk to people, especially as they've grown into adulthood, as we've described before. Sorry if, again, you're a Zoomer. Um, we have money. We use it sometimes. It changes our perspective. It'll change yours too. It'll happen to you. Um, but, but what I mean is like I have objections to certain styles of ways that they affect the game with money. Forcing money to be competitive is something that really bothers me. But... I don't mind paying for a game that I put hundreds of hours into. I really don't. Like, I don't mind giving... Um, for instance, when Valorant first came out, they 
put did 128 tick servers, which is double the 64 tick servers, whatever that Counter-Strike was doing in their matchmaking services. And that's expensive. And that's the, the reason, whether you believe it or not, that Valve making literal millions on millions every year from that game decided to just make the matchmaking experience kind of subpar. Um, and Valorant was like, we're not going to do that. And so I can't support that directly, but I love that premise. That is like, hey, we're going to make this game feel better for you to play. So, okay, you don't have to pitch in, but it'd be nice if you bought a skin or something. Like, if this was the conversation, then we're down. At least I'm down, personally. But when it gets to a game like this, it's so confusing. And and I say that, like, it's just so complicated and weird. And, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you have to study the monetization system to figure out how to use it properly or if it's fucking you. And I just, that to me, like, really rubs me the wrong way. But I don't mind spending a decent amount of money on a game that I that I love. Like, even, if, especially if it's free. Especially if I can convince all my fucking cheap friends to play it at the same time, too. And they don't have to spend. Like, I love that. That's such a cool way to get the... Are you calling me your cheap friend? James, did you drop $1,000 to win that lane or what? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that silence tells you all you need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did buy some sandals, though. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i think that makes me a cheap friend too <laughs> no fair and I, I listen but what i'm just saying is like it's free to play is such an interestingly cool model because as games uh become more and more specialized in their own unit you find people that are like i just love this game whereas back in the day when i was playing in high school it was like you you don't get to be a hipster you can it's awesome and good for you but like if you want to play a multiplayer game you're playing halo or call of duty or you're playing like years of war maybe like, wow, you really are a hipster. Do you have friends? Not really. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like one of those. Sorry to the Gears of War fans. But I just mean like it wasn't the top two. And so it's like all your friends are playing Halo, bro. So it's all good. But as that changed, as more games diversified and got into their own little sections, it became harder and harder and harder to get your friends to all play the same game. And this is what was so beautiful about League of Legends. It was in some ways almost the last stand for everyone's playing this game before they truly diversified. And you can say people are back at Valorant, but dude, it has it has been kicking and screaming to get people into Valorant. And some people, it just tortures. Like, dude, imagine, like, you're just a friend who's just, like, a, like a, a good person. They don't really play games much. Hey, let's play Valorant. You're just going to get farmed. Like, is that fun? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's brutal. No. Like, you guys train to play that game. And respect on you. And I enjoy playing with you. And that's fucking awesome. But just know that not everybody is going to train. And they are going to get stomped. Okay? Um, but I say that because free to play, you can convince your friends to get stomped a little bit. Um... A lot more than you could say, hey, pay 60 bucks and then get stomped. They're like, dude, fuck you for a night, for one night to see if I like it. Fuck off. So I am really thankful for this genre or style or whatever of games. And I don't mind paying for certain skins if they look nice. And I think they, you know, can art, uh, articulate my design sensibilities as long as they're not absorbently expensive, which is, of course, the way they're going. But some people like, for instance, I was just talking to Matt the other day and he was like, my policy on free to play is I don't pay a single dollar. I get that. I think it's kind of disrespectful to the people who put all this time into the game, but fair play. So I'm curious, like maybe we'll do a little round circle. Maybe start with Zoe. Like what, what's your philosophy on spending money in a game like this and like say Valorant or something like that, that maybe you care about a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I follow somewhat the same philosophy as you McCoy, where it's like, if I, I'll just kind of do like a cost benefit analysis in a very subjective way where I'm like, okay, like 
am I enjoying this game enough where if I spend this $10, like, will that $10 go for 10 minutes of enjoyment or will it go for 90 hours of enjoyment? Um, in a game like this, I see it as being very temporary, so therefore I'm very happy with it just being free to play because I will never spend a cent on this game to get the battle pass, to get upgraded currencies. I'll take the fact that we're going to be outscaled by people who do pay to play, but, you know, it's water under the bridge for me. Like, I have spent money on Valorant. Uh, like, not a lot. I think, like, total I've spent 20 bucks on Valorant probably total for gun skins and I usually take advantage of like their sales and everything but like that's also because I know that like that is a game that I'm going to always be coming back to to like hone my skills um so it's really just that like I just need to see the potential for the somewhat timelessness of this game like of the game like I don't see myself playing Valorant forever but I definitely see it myself playing it on a more long-term scale than some of these other free-to-play games that ask for pay-to-play options or like that ask for money for certain cosmetic items or boosts or whatever. Um, mm. That's kind of how I always see it. Makes sense. What about you, James? Um, I'm... In general, I'm in your the the camp of like I don't spend any money on these games, um, and that's just partly because I know myself, and I'm afraid to fall into the well. I'll just throw a dollar, well, I'll yeah. just throw five dollars at this game type mentality, um, and so in order to avoid the whole like slippery slope thing, I just don't spend a lot of money. Um, so I don't spend any in general. Um, but I have put a little bit of money into some games. I put some money into League of Legends back in the day um, for a couple of skins. <laughs> I've put some money into like Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering on uh Arena um which are sort of free to play games. Um but I haven't put any into Valorant uh cuz I don't really like the gun skins all that much. Um and I don't think I would put anything into this game. Um, yeah, I don't have anything really against it. It's like, if you... If this is something that you enjoy and you have the money to spend on it, then do whatever you want. But... It doesn't make me happy. So I don't tend to spend money on it. Okay. Raphael, you? So, definitely initially, I had the policy of just, I will never spend money uh, on any microtransaction, period. Um, and partly it came out of, like, the same thing that James was talking about, was, like, 
if I just don't even open that door, then I don't have to worry about like it taking advantage of me. Um, later on, as I started to get some money from working my first jobs, uh, I was like, you know what? Like, if this is a free to play game that I'm enjoying, um, I can just like think like, what is a a regular game price that I might spend to play a game like this? I was like, I don't know, 20 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever. Uh, and I'll get like that amount of microtransaction currency and then like see what I can do with it. Um, I think I've maybe allowed myself to do a little bit more than that since then. Um, but mostly that's still kind of what I stick to. Um, when I go beyond that, it's usually more just like, I don't know, I've kind of been playing this a long time. Maybe I'll do that one more time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, on top of this I have very strong opinions about what is acceptable as a microtransaction model um, and I think that any game that is using microtransactions to give you gameplay advantages in a multiplayer context yeah. is just unacceptable and mm -hmm. it actually makes me angry to see it and I completely refuse to support a game that does that and so I would include Pokemon Unite in this because it's literally doing that. It's not the worst case of this I've seen. Uh, and probably in the scale of ones that give you gameplay advantages, it's not even that bad. But it's still doing it. Yeah. And in principle, like, I just think that's wrong. Well, like, it's interesting, right? If you say like the, you know, it's not even that bad. And it's like, if that was their case to make to you, like, yo, we do that, but it's not, we don't, it's not that big of a deal. We don't do it that much. It's like, well, then don't do it, bro. If it's not that yeah. big of a deal. I mean, I think it just inherently degrades the experience for everyone involved. Yeah, so by the way, people, I would agree. for context, let's remember whether or not you know anything about Star Wars Battlefront 2, not the one on PlayStation I was going to ask which, which Star Wars game it was. It was Battlefront 2? Mm -hmm. Okay, there you go. Battlefront 2. Uh, they did microtransactions that were paid uh, for advantages in multiplayer, like extra damage or whatever, cards and bullshit or whatever the fuck. You could also, like, unlock OP characters, right? Yes, although, to be fair, that is very similar to League of Legends as well. And, and that actually bothers me about League of Legends as well. So, mm -hmm. I, I guess maybe this is partly coming from Dota, where all the all the heroes are unlocked for everyone. And this is actually like a core part of the game design philosophy of the game because they have very strong like counterplay between heroes. So if you couldn't pick the counter to something, that would just ruin the game for you. And people say that about League, like that that exists, whether or yeah. not it's as strong. I think so. it's 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 a thing in League, but it's it's a lot more subdued. Yeah, like that. That's yeah. In so Dota is like League, except everything is more extreme. Yeah, I would say like an example from Dota is there's a hero that when he is out of sight, he can regenerate his health at like it's like three percent per second or something. It's pretty fast. Um, and there's another hero that if an enemy hero is low, he gets vision of them, hmm. and so like that is a direct counter, like if the healing character ever gets low, then he cannot be out of sight. Hmm. Um, and I don't think there's anything that's quite that, like, 
strong encounter in League. Yeah, no. But it is in the way that pros talk about it, which is funny because it's not that way exactly. But, you know, pros will say, like, well, I just can't even fucking... I might as well not even go to lane, bro. Like, that guy just counters me. And you'd be like, yeah, but I saw Faker play the matchup, and he seemed to do fine, so what's on your deal? <laughs> but uh, anyways. Um, but, yeah, no, no. So that's the thing is, like, so... It's interesting. People are drawing these lines in free-to-play, right? Because League did characters locked away, um, and they also did a practice of, for the most part, what if we created a character that was new, that was overpowered to some degree, say, like, not as finely tuned, but usually on the more powerful side than the less powerful side, as if they don't have playtesters that are good, which they do. Like, they know that this character is incredibly strong, and they release that into the world, and they say, if you pay the $10 or whatever it is to get this character you get to dumpster people for a while uh, and do it early. And that's just a generally accepted premise. Um, and it's not nearly as bad, I would say, as like strict, you know, stat increases or something like that, which uh, Battlefront also had, which was like, you just do more damage, bro. And and just doing more damage, bro, in anything that's somewhat mirrored is is horrifying. Like imagine, you know, you're in lane, right? And you're trading with someone and they just trade better. Not because their character should, but because they paid for it. It just breaks the foundation of what it is that you should expect. And especially a game like this, I would say MOBAs in general, but League and, and, and FPS is sure. It's, it's about like what you can do and what you can expect. The best players in the world have a really good understanding that at level 2 they're going to get dumpstered and at level 3 they're going to dumpster you. And you might not know that to you. That might be like the difference between like one minion and then yeah, what? Like level two, level three, what's the difference? But to them, they know that your level three is not as strong as their level three. And they're going to like all in on you right there with ignite and kill you. And that's their whole plan. And like that can be thrown off by paying money. And that's just like the weird world we live in. So it's very weird. So yeah, Battlefront basically, it's really, Battlefront's a really interesting case actually, because the reason why you could pay for characters was because they take a very long time to unlock. But this is actually the case with all of the games that you love. And it's not a problem there. For instance, Valorant, it takes a long time to unlock all the characters. Now, not an infinitely long time. I've unlocked all the characters a long, long time ago. But even people that were interested in the game that were relatively new and I would say intermediate still did not necessarily have all the characters unlocked. Um, if you take a game like League, that's especially true, right? You can unlock all the characters with this currency you grind, asterisk, at least as of 10 years ago. I don't fuck. do I fucking know um, nowadays? But, but the difference with Battlefront, in my opinion, this is subjective now, it's no longer fact reporting, is actually that Battlefront fucking sucked. And that was why people hated the fact that it took so long to get the characters unlocked. Because I don't mind taking a long time to unlock characters in Valorant, because I love the game, so I play it. But... I don't get the sense that people were loving the game to start with. And so then they were like, play 100 hours to lock all, unlock all the characters. If, if, if they literally said that to me, play 100 hours to unlock all the characters in Valorant, bro, I've already done that. Check. Easy. Done. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. But when they say, but what if I said Pokemon Unite? Play 100, uh, 100 hours to unlock all the characters. Then you're like, dude, we're playing this for one week and get the fuck out of here. So it's a little different perspective. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> and so people really rebelled because they were like, yo, I want to play these. I want to play as Han Solo and I want to play as Han Solo now. And it's like, well, you can't play as Han Solo now, bro, because you're new and you didn't pay for it. And so it got really uh, squirrely there. And there's a real nuanced conversation to be had right in that exact point. 
except that they also had loot boxes that led to plus 20 damage. And when you do that, the community hates you. And the community hated that game. And it was subsequently, like, taken out of existence, practically. Um, but Pokemon is silently doing it again. You know? And these games will continue to do that again. So, I don't know. But it's except, oh, go ahead. except, like, Pokemon is doing the version of that that learned from it. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. they saw that fail. And so they understand how to do it slightly better now. And I think that that's, like, both better and more nefarious. Um, Yeah. Like, I think that this game can get away with it more because it is more casual. But also, the mechanics that they're offering... um, when you pay for them are um, like just the, the very slight advantages, which make it feel better to play the game. So it's, it's definitely a difficult area. Yeah. Um, In fact, actually, so you brought this up to me. And I have never been able to stop thinking of it afterwards, which was someone mentioned to you, or perhaps you thought of it yourself. I don't know where this idea originated. It doesn't matter. But the point is that you were saying, have you considered that certain Valorant gunskins have different sounds and different sounds being louder or quieter or sharper or bassier could impact what it is that the intel that you receive when you're firing them and when you're reloading them and equipping them? Mm -hmm. I had not. But that's the closest that Valorant gets to this. And it, they, st- when they started this game, they stated very quickly, like, we will not, and I'm not talking about the fucking tweet where they said, like, abilities won't kill people. I don't give a fuck about that. Come on. Deal with that shit. The Raze is here. <laughs> Welcome to Raze. Shut the fuck up. Um, but no, they said, like, dude, seriously, you're not going to buy power in this game. Um, <laughs> we are not getting sponsored by I by power, the computer building people. No. It is. <laughs> no, but, but it's interesting to think that they did not consider or respect the soundscape when they made that decision. And that's interesting to think. It's, that's the closest that it's encro- uh, encroaching on that, right? It's it's not well, way to do 20 more damage. I think it's... interestingly, they did consider it, but only from some perspectives. So opponent skins, or actually teammate skins, do not have sound effects that you can hear. Like the sound effects right. are completely personal. So they at least considered that angle of it. Mm. That's right. That's right. And actually, I think it is opponent and teammate. Yeah. It's just like you can only hear your own. Right. So you have to opt into hearing it. So then at least it's not going to fuck you over without your permission. But it could give you an advantage. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting. Like, this is the discussion that we're having here. It's in the fine details, especially for a game like that where they're really trying hard not to fuck people over. But... It's interesting. Like I, I but think they're the also same. really trying hard to get in on that microtransaction <laughs> money. You're absolutely right. True. You are absolutely right. God. Okay. That I mean, is like. It just lo- never occurred to me because yeah, yeah. like it, it. It's actually like detract, but it's also in turn like detracted from some of the skins as well. So the mm-hmm. which is why I'm like not necessarily thinking it's like, I mean it just, it's all um 
it's all advantages that are solely made up by like by humans like it's whether it's intentional or not for the game developers is one thing but like it's the actual meta that determines whether it's overpowered or not which i just find interesting because like they talk about how the prime skins in valorant are like the the shooting sound effect is muffled enough so that people can more easily either count their bullets or be able to hear intel like abilities or footsteps while they're shooting um but then in turn like a lot of pros avoid the dragon skins in valorant yeah the elder flame skin series because those sound effects are super loud apparently compared to just normal gunshots and i just find that interesting because it's like if the decibels of shooting sound effects are that varied it's very interesting that like it, it's solely like human made advantage i guess at that point if if i guess the developers and valorant are not considering like decibel balance between gun skins i don't know but. well what's interesting is that they are and like i i heard an interview with it was on some fucking trash i'm so sorry it's a youtube channel but it's like some trash fucking youtube channel that they gave the rights <laughs> to some skin earlier and this guy was like Dude, I'm so happy to get, like, the fucking... Uh, what was it? I think it was the pretty skins. The ones with uh, the sun that move, you know? And the sky. Oh, like, like the, lunar, the right. lunar New Year ones. Yeah. Like the phantom, you know, that's, like, pretty clean and moves a little. Um, mm -hmm. And they gave that to some YouTuber, and he was interviewing the person who made it. And they were talking about how they do try really, really hard as sound designers for that. Uh, collection to make sure that the effects and all the effects for all the the skins like sound in the same decibel range but if hmm. if you know anything about audio science which i barely do welcome to listening to this podcast um then you'll know like it's a i i've tried my fucking i i've tried my hardest for two years and i i'm barely competent like it's so hard and it's so nuanced and it's so personal in a way so even if the computer says this one is this teen, you know, 16 luffs and this one's 16 luffs, I averaged them. Don't worry about it, bro. What you actually get as a result is is noticeably different. Um, even with luffs, which I'm saying luffs, which is a measurement of sound and it's actually a, in theory, better one than the old ones that used to be more energy based. This is like getting really deep. But the point is it's supposed to measure sound more the way the human ear hears it as opposed to the way that electronics propel it outward but even still it's a very nuanced thing and so they're they're just doing their best i guess but clearly if you're a pro and you want to get every advantage and then i th i personally think whether you like it or not it's it's uh, propelled and fueled the fires of the ethos of these skins oh and this was actually true back in counter-strike where counter-strike had no sound differences between any skins ever and even then there was things like oh You've got the Blaze Deagle. The Blaze Deagle is the one that gets headshots. The other ones don't get headshots. And you're like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. What are you talking about? They're the same thing. They don't even sound different or act different or reload different. There's no gameplay impacting difference. But that's that sort of superstitious element to it, the kind of human generated, like, well, I just feel lucky with this shit on. This is my lucky necklace, bro, has like expanded. It has an effect yeah also yeah yeah and it's grown with modern games if you could right. say like 
dude, the prime skins are quiet, bro. Like I can really hear shit off the prime. It's like, you know, it's like it, they're really creating this like need for 12 year olds to come up to me and ask me to drop my skins. And it's like, dude, focus on the fucking round. You're supposed to be entering. Anyway, it's not important. Of course you locked jet. Um, okay. Back to Pokemon United, but no, seriously, like it's a really interesting conversation and it feels like that, you know, that classic, I want to say adage, but you know, whatever the great thing about using the word adage is that if you're a young kid you don't know what that fucking word means so you can't correct me and if you're an old person <laughs> if you're respect. old then you're old fuck off yeah exactly um <laughs> you get him james you get him um but you yeah. know the premise of like boiling a frog you know where it's like you put them in the water and it's boiling they jump out immediately what the fuck but you put them in the water and then turn the burner on and it gets warmer and warmer and warmer they don't jump out because they don't recognize they acclimate we're at a point where microtransactions and gameplay defining microtransactions are something that they've been boiling us with. And an example like Battlefront 2 is an example where they they went too far and people jumped out the fucking pot and they were like, whoa, fuck that. That's stupid. No, this is awful. And as people said here on this podcast already in a sinister way, it's not like they were like, you're right. Of course, they said you're right on Twitter. They said you're right on Reddit. They said you're right on every public communication that they could possibly do. But then they went back and they just thought, how do we do this better the next time? And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Pokemon Unite. They've they've somehow, I don't know how they fucking did it. I, I don't know the science of it, but they have, I mean, do you guys see the outrage for the for the monetization scheme in this game? I mean, like, I, I see people think it's bullshit, but I don't see anyone like object the game. Like, fuck this, I won't play it. Like, like they somehow got this in all of our faces. We even played it. So... If anything, I've seen just more warnings prior to playing than I've seen with any other game. Because even before we played this, I just remember seeing all the Twitter threads and Reddit threads just being like, well, especially since, as we mentioned, like Pokemon does have a young fan base. So a lot of the threads were like, Parents, do you know what your child's playing right now? Here's everything you have to know before you they ha you have them play Pokemon Unite. But like, I feel like I saw a lot more like warning threads to mm. this game than I had I have with any other like pay like free to play but with a payment system like type of game. Probably because like this is more targeted to younger players, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't want to play it for this reason. Um, and I think uh, we brought up the idea of playing it, and I was like, okay, Pokemon, I like Pokemon. MOBA, Oof. pay to win, oof, no. Like, I, I googled it, third result was like, Pokemon Unite is definitely pay to win. And I was like, okay. I At this point, I've been burned enough by iffy monetization models that any game with a red flag, I just don't even want to get near. Uh, and Which is I fair. guess I made an exception in this case because I wanted to play with you guys, but yeah, I Do would not have touched this like game. Us? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just, in that moment, it crystallized. If you ever ditch a five stack to play solo queue, you hate your friends. That's it. That's it. You hate your friends. So I don't think this has happened yet to Raphael, but let us know when it happens and we'll we'll see what we can do to get you back. 
If not, then it's been great having you on the podcast all these months, Raphael. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yep. But no, it's it's true. Like, there was a little bit of hesitation to a game like this. This and, is now I mean, a pay for pay to win review podcast we just only play <laughs> pay to win games oh my god oh no oh god <laughs> we should you could create a podcast pay to win you could call it pay to win and then you assign a number of value let's say 20 bucks or you want to go exciting 100 bucks you spend 100 bucks on each pay to win game and you see how hard you really won like how long you dumpstered 7 year olds before <laughs> they put you against the other people who had spent two hundred dollars way more than you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the whales as they say it's probably it's probably like 20 minutes yeah and then it's like oh you're a whale let's put you against other whales so you feel like you need to spend a thousand dollars dude that is actually like a that must be an office conversation like what if we put whales against each other and just had them all just sort of siphon money it's like some like, weird like yeah. video game poker up the ante. Oh, you paid a exactly. hundred. Well, mm-hmm. I raise one fifty. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's either that, or I'm envisioning like the Matrix or something, or like something where you're in like some sort of stasis pod, and they just have a bunch of whales in stasis pods, and they're all just like kind of flinching, and that's like what uh, enjoyment is supposed to feel like. And they're just every time they flinch, they just a thousand dollars, just like get siphoned out. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean. Yeah. T- this is where we live in and and it's true look like none of us are really sitting there like on the cutting edge of like protecting children from the horrors of gaming but (sighs) i say this every time but when i drove cross country just recently i'm fucking sitting there and it's always like an advertisement for some fucking casino and they're like you deserve a break you deserve some time to game. And I'm like, you're fucking damn right. I deserve some time to game. And I'm playing Valorant in fucking three days. I'm fucking itching. I can barely fucking stand this car ride. It's not true, actually. But you get the idea, right? But I'm not talking about the same gaming they're talking about. They're talking about gambling. They're talking about the type of gaming that we all can acknowledge is pretty predatory. Whether you like it or not, that's up to you. And if you enjoy it, fair play. But we can all acknowledge, right? It's at least been taught to us that it's pretty predatory. And it's been designed in such a way to siphon your money. And... I feel like the people who make all these free-to-play games have just been like, what is the distinction between those and this, actually? And we're just kind of getting that world. And it's just happening. More and more and more. And EA can sit there and write as many posts as they want that say, we're so sorry, like, that was such a bad idea. But, like, do you really think EA is turning it around? Well, there have actually been legal interventions in this area. So I believe the EU has a law that... uh bans not loot boxes exactly but anything of that type of mechanic where there's a hidden set of rewards and you are randomly selecting some of them yeah uh and i believe you're required to disclose what the set of rewards is and the percentage chance that you get them yeah your chance yeah which allows you to do the basic math to figure out whether it was worth it or not spoilers but it still kind of allows the system but the thing is everybody knows what the math is that doesn't change whether you play the lottery understanding math doesn't fundamentally change whether you play the lottery Hmm. um because you don't play the lottery expecting to win you play the lottery because you need the hope that you're going to win 
Like it's very different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like James, you have such a nuanced understanding of this coming from the card game communities that have been attached <laughs> to buying packs for as long as I can remember, maybe forever. Yeah. I mean, Magic the Gathering was the first game that had randomized purchases. Like, they invented the loot pack, the loot box for a video game, or for a game. Um, before that, it was only, like, collectible cards. Um, like baseball cards or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they create, they put the their cards into packs, and they had no idea if anybody would buy them. Uh, they expected that people would like buy a pre-made deck and then like two or three packs, and that would be it. Because they were like, they're like five bucks each or whatever. No one's gonna spend hundreds of dollars on these packs just to make the most optimal deck. And then people spent hundreds of dollars on packs to make the most optimal deck. Um, and the world's never been the same. Yeah. And video games have only been catching up. Yep. It's it's kind of a little bit of a scary world we live in these days for that reason. Because, I mean, dude, just look at the Valorant subreddit. Again, I know for anyone listening, like, yeah, we, we, we're fucking, like, we're fucking balls deep in Valorant, okay? Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you know another game, like, you're fucking into Apex or some shit, let me guess. It's the same shit, though. But, like, you see these posts on Reddit, and they're like, oh, my God, I was graced by the Valorant gods with my store today. It's three knives. And they're all, like, legendary knives. And I'm just like, dude. Like, it's just, it's, honestly, I get that. I've had that experience where you get the skin you wanted, and you're like, holy shit, I feel like I'm blessed today. And then you remember... I could have just been able to buy this at any time, but this was actually a hurdle that they put in front of me to give me, to manufacture this false feeling of excitement here. And when you really think of it from that perspective, it just, oh, it doesn't sit right with me. It's, it's, mm -hmm. oh, fuck God. And it happens. Like, they, they are masters now of manufacturing uh, excitement, manufacturing urgency, manufacturing like like oh fuck like if i don't get this now like when am i ever gonna get it and i just the whole time called this petty but i started my whole gaming career career in quotes just playing games i have been orchestrating an argument that i would have with my mom of whether or not games were bullshit or not basically because her stance was like games are bullshit and i was like no dude they're beautiful in so many ways and goddamn have we made a fucking wonderful podcast where we have spent so many fucking hours talking about how wonderful games can be and yet these games come out and i have no defense these games are bullshit as far <laughs> as i'm concerned they're bullshit and it's creeping into the games that i love so i know it's a little somber but i think we need to occasionally bring attention to it because it is something that will prey on all of us uh, in the thing that we love like do books do this yet like i don't fucking know i don't read but like do books do this shit like are do there books, books like yo if you want the last chapter just like you can only get it on a fucking random drop like it's just like what the fuck like you know what i mean maybe that's why borders is dead bro like <laughs> yeah yeah they couldn't figure out microtransactions fast enough shit like remember when amazon was delivering books and they were like what if we didn't do just that what if we did other things 
right? <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like these other mediums just don't have this shit in them, and you can think like, like TV shows don't have microtransactions in them yet. I say that only because not because it but makes. But they any do fucking... have a subscription model for Netflix, right? But that's yeah, all. They news. also have ads, right? But that's old news. WoW did subscription model for a long time, and then everyone else was like, mm, "What about free to play?" So, like, is there going to be free to play commercials, like, or TV shows? I mean, maybe. Like, it sounds stupid maybe. now, but. But when yeah, they figure least... it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, at least with the multiplayer, like the online multiplayer experience, it's certainly concerning. But I also actually think that's what made Among Us so ragingly successful, uh, especially in this past year when it kind of like gained its momentum. Because that was like an online multiplayer game that wasn't pay to win. Like there was no mm-hmm. way to pay to win. You could pay for skins. <laughs> right. Cool. But like even then the skins are like very simplified and it's like. And even then, like, the freely available skins are still, like, a wide variety of them. And so I feel like that was just another reason why that game took the gaming world by storm last year was because of that lack of paying content. And I honestly think other games should take note of that. If anything, like, having more, like, freely available cosmetic items at least. Like, it sounds petty, but, like cosmetic items are like the number one payment thing for these online games if anything um mm-hmm. i don't know it was just a thought that occurred to me just now like why why that has probably been so successful is because of that lack of like can you imagine yes. pay five dollars yes. and your kill cooldown goes down yes. by 20 seconds yes. or something like yes that? yes i can and actually like i would put it this way which is only slightly modified what you're saying i think there are so many factors, and and dude, it's like we're waiting for the fucking two hundred page paper or something that some fucking student somewhere writes on why Among Us was successful, and we can argue that. But you're absolutely right. If it had had pay to win in it, I think it might just have just been dead on the water, right? Because then everyone comes mm-hmm. into that game like, yo, this game is fucking bullshit. Like right away, I think I I think because you had to have so many things go right to even try that fucking game. Based on like, just like the whole premise of it, like you're get. How did you get all the fucking FPS crowd to play fucking Among Us? How did you do it? I do not know, but they fucking came in droves. I don't, I don't. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, you're onto something. The fact that there wasn't that barrier of just straight client disrespect. I guess clients were on your user gamer disrespect, just right at the front of it, allowed it to just take storm. I, the real question, and I hope they, they publish this someday, is how much money did they fucking make? Surely a lot, right? But I, I didn't oh, spend definitely. any money on Among Us. Did you? Well, you had to pay to get the game. Okay. Right? Yeah, like... The game's five, but $5. Five okay. I guess okay. it's not exactly a... It's not exactly, I guess, a free-to-play thing just because in some platforms it's it does cost money. But even on... It's free on mobile, But right? on the phone, it's free. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you yeah, just have to watch Yeah, and you still get cosmetic items for that. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, advertisements. That's how they make their bank. Very. Oh, go. right. It was like three dollars on mobile to remove the advertisement, something like that. Like really small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. That's such an interesting case too, because I do agree with you so much that there's something to be said about like viral nature of video games and how if you get them in as many people's hands as possible, which is what free to play is trying to do, then you stand the chance of that. But then I'll just tell you now, at least for me, and I can't tell you if this is a pattern for everyone, at least for me, but if you had said Among Us is pretty fucking rad, except I have a sick cooldown kill cool. I would have been like, dude, fuck off. Like I would never have tried a game like that if it had had advantages like that. Like it just, that's just too much for me. Like that's that. Why would I do that? That doesn't sound fun at all. What was so fun about that game is that everyone had the same rules. That's what made it so brilliant. That's what the metagame developed step by step off of. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. But anyway, yeah. Pokemon Unite. <laughs> Should we rate this? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why not? Listen, hey, we had some fun this week. I think that'll come out in some of the reviews. Maybe I'll just come out. I'll fuck yeah. Out. You want to take it away, James? You feeling this? You Turns out it's fun to play games with your friends. Okay. Um, This is a game that you can play with your friends. Um, But I don't know. It's, it's just kind of weird like Pokemon MOBA that has some mechanics that seem like 80% fleshed out. Like some of them are very well fleshed out and some of them are not that fleshed out. Like what if you just dumpster your enemy, then the only thing that you can do is literally just like camp their spawn and kill them the second they leave their base and they can't do anything about it. And it's just like the most optimal strategy is to ruin their day for five minutes until you win. Um, I don't think that's good design. <laughs> I also don't think that whatever's going on with Zapdos is very good design. Fair. Um, and like, Aside from those two things, I think it's a pretty well-designed game in the game. Uh, Outside of the game, it's a mobile game, and all mobile games are bad. Um, And if you disagree, write in at tyrannyofthumbs.com. Dot com. Wow. (laughs) Tyrannyofthumbs at gmail.com. Reasonable. Um, Don't go to tyrannyofthumbs.com because it doesn't exist. Uh, also don't buy tyranny of thumbs.com, uh, unless you're going to donate it to us right? as a kind viewer. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it like one thumb up because it's fun to play with your friends, but I don't, I don't think it deserves anything more than that. And like that might even be a lot, but I had fun with it. So I'm going to give it one fun, one thumb up. Respect. Dude, I'll piggyback off that. I think I'm also going to give it one thumb. Um, reason being, I found my fucking lane. You know, I was sitting there with my character, with my Pikachu. I knew how to level it. I took it in the practice mode. Um, and I was killing people. Um, and that was great. So when I top lane, we're fucking mech- like wrecking people. It was honestly like clockwork. Like people just Hell kept trying. Yeah. 
Hey, <laughs> you get him, girlfriend. Yeah, like 100%. <laughs> we got him, girlfriend. Um, and it was one of those things where, like, you know, people kept saying, like, yo, the meta dictates that you guys split up. And it's like, I totally hear that. But have you gone 3-0 in lane every single starting round? I don't fucking think so. So that doesn't have to work out logically to the nth degree. But goddamn, was it fun to just blow people up in top lane as Pikachu? Uh, and I think Ninetales, who can slow people. It's fucking great. I can slow people too. And it's not, it was great. So we got a little bit of that uh, cell where James was like, yo, seven-year-olds, you want to beat them? <laughs> too. And so fair. Like, listen, I, you know, I'm not going to take that away from the game. I, I think I enjoyed it at times. One thumb. I would, it's weird. I want to say I would give it a higher rating if there wasn't all this bullshit in there. But I don't know if I would. I think it's a one thumb game and I think I just ignored the bullshit and I wish, you know, I had a higher moral standing or I could be like, this game gets worse rating because of all this bullshit in there, but I just ignored it. For instance, when we quit today, right before this podcast, everyone was like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm getting all the red notifications off of my shit. And I was like, haha, I've closed it already because I don't give a fuck. And that's the zen that I live in, <laughs> and I'm proud of that. But, yeah, it unfortunately means I don't get to hurt this game rating-wise as much as I probably should. Fuck the monetization scheme in this game. It's fucking bullshit, and it sucks that it's in front of kids' faces, and it sucks that they're used to this, and it sucks that when they graduate to League of Legends that League of Legends is the fucking same. It, that sucks, too. It all fucking sucks. But the game itself was fun. Fuck me. It was fun. I liked it. And the simplicity and the casual nature that it brought helped me enjoy it this week and just fucking vibe. So one thumb, I would actually play this game again if we had a five stack again. And that's fucked up. That is fucked up. So there you go. All right, I passed the baton to Zoe. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, I'm going to probably piggyback off of that. I think one thumb is a good rating for what I would rate this game. Like, I am one of those people that had to get all the red notifications off of my menu, and it was fucking annoying. There's, like, literally five different types of currencies in this game, and five different missions, and all these sorts of rewards to collect, and it's a lot. And my... <laughs> ADD nature is just like, oh my god, there's red. Get the red out of here. I need to read all my notifications, god damn it. But the actual game itself, I did enjoy just that kind of, like I said, like just kind of chilled out nature of it. Like I said, like McCoy and I, we had our top lane. It was fun once we kind of got the gist of it. Um, but I think even more, like I took some time this week and played a lot by myself even. And it's a different experience for sure without the communication. Um, but also they put the elo much lower without a five stack. So I was just dunking on five-year-olds. <laughs> I love how it's five-year-olds now. <laughs> yep. That's how it, it felt. It feels like it. it with does. how they would aggress on me. I'm like, ah, you, you see target, you try kill. I'm going to kite. <laughs> Have you heard of kiting, little kid? I didn't think so. Um... <laughs> But I don't know, I enjoyed myself and I, I do like the the short game times in the sense that it's like, I literally just like play a game during my lunch break at work just because it's like, yeah, 
might as well try to shoot some things, I guess. It does make me worry about my mental state a little bit in terms of like, it does kind of feel somewhat like that. I, I call it like that brain dead state that you sometimes Definitely. get into when you play like, especially like, um, like massive zombie shooter wave games. Like this is how <laughs> I felt kind of during uh, Call, call of, of Duty, Duty Zombies early this year where it's like, ah, there's like a hundred zombies coming at me and I'm just mowing them down and my brain isn't even registering which zombie I'm hitting. It's just kind of like mush. So it kind of makes me worried for that, but at least it's only 10 minutes of worry, I suppose. Like, it's just a nice chill and relaxed game. I had fun. I had fun playing it as a five stack. I have fun playing it as a one stack. Um, if friends wanted to play it again, I'd totally be down. I'd be like, hell yeah, let, let's do this. Let's see what we can do. Um, overall enjoyable experience, but I also think that comes with the context that, like, I'm an adult and I understand my purchase boundaries and everything as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to spend money on this game. I'm perfectly content with that. I'm completely zen with that. So one thumb up. And okay. now I pass it on to Raphael, who's going to absolutely eviscerate this game, and I am so excited for it. Oh, shit. <laughs> so... I mean, I guess I, I agree with James. It turns out it is fun to play games with friends. Fuck. Uh, and I agree with Zoe about, like, the short game like time being nice and that, like, one of the major problems in this genre in particular uh, and in team multiplayer games in general is, like, if you fall behind and you're not doing well in the game and you feel like you can't come back, like, you can feel, like, locked into that, into a, like, bad game experience for a long time. Um or you can surrender sometimes, but uh, sometimes the rest of your team doesn't feel the same way and it can be a bad experience. So having a short game time mitigates that. That being said, I think those are the only nice things I can say about this game. Um, <laughs> I think it is really poorly designed. Um, I think like, it's not that it's just like it's garbage. It's that the design of the game pushes you towards behaviors that are less fun than the alternatives so like i think we observed as we were getting like more comfortable with the game like you don't want to push your advantages in this game like when you get ahead you kind of want to just hunker down and defend and that feels bad um the whole setup of like zapdos being auto win but you don't actually want to get Zapdos unless the enemy team is already engaging it. Um, that feels bad, like, on all sides of that. Um, yeah, and the, the whole point of, like, the, the, the kills basically don't matter because the respawn timer is so short until the very end of the Zapdos fight, I guess, where it feels like it's incredibly long uh, and you just lose if you happen to die randomly. Uh, that feels bad. And I think a lot of the design choices in the game like lead to places like that. Um, so design is bad. Um, I think control-wise, this is my least favorite like control interface for playing a game like this. I think touch works a lot better. Uh, maybe it will work better when it comes to mobile, actually, like it's supposed to. Um, that being said, I don't think I will ever play this again, uh, even in mobile form, because pay to win, and in principle, I object. Uh, yeah, so 
I think I'm going to have to give this a two thumbs down, actually. I just, like... It's not that I didn't have fun. It's that I cannot credit the game with the fun. It was fun to play games with I you guys. That. And it would have been fun, like, literally any game that we could have put together, as long as we weren't all hating the experience. Yeah. Um, I should also maybe clarify that, like, my experience with MOBAs, I've played a lot of them. Uh, and at this point, I'm probably burnt out on them. Um, like, I don't really have fun playing League anymore. I don't have fun in Dota either. Uh, so I probably wasn't going to have much fun with Pokemon Unite anyway. Um, yeah. 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 That's the way the cookie Reasonable. crumbles. Yeah. I, I do want, like, still a part of me wants us to all play a league game together as a five stack and just see if we have an absolutely awful time. Just being oh, like, oh, God, this is what the game has come to now. Fuck. This nah, is dude, awful. I'm the best. I'll carry that shit. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. I'll just play Lee Sin top lane. Doesn't even matter if it's my don't give a fuck. After, after 10 years of not practicing last hitting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's actually that's the weird be... thing. It's the same thing with Valorant where when I take breaks, I'm actually like a little better when I come back, but only for a short period of time. And it's because I am so focused on actually doing the mechanics right that I actually aim as opposed to just like letting my reflexes yeah. take everything. And I honestly think it makes me a little better for a while. So my guess is that, yeah, I'd probably make some like huge macro error that I didn't understand because I didn't understand the meta. But my guess is my last hitting would be fucking nice. Because I, that's all I'd be focusing on. <laughs> like, I'd just be like, holy shit, you have to last hit, bro, or else you're just behind. Like, do you want to be behind right now? No, I don't think so. Um, okay. And then you just, like, die to a level three all-in. Yes, yes. Or a, or a gank. <laughs> yeah. that, was my, that was my special. Was just, like, I'm dumpstering this guy in lane. Like, 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 team question mark. And then just, like, oh, shit, I'm getting ganked. Wait, this isn't a 1v1 game? This fucking sucks. Um... <laughs> Also, speaking of things that fucking yeah, suck, that sounds right. I have one more anecdote to leave us on, and I will bring it now. Now, I urge you, if you're a Pokemon fan and you are a kid, please leave. <laughs> Fuck, should I leave this for another episode? It's not even fair. <laughs> Fuck. I'm concerned. Okay, people are concerned. Maybe I'll leave it to the next episode, but somebody remind me. Um, when the kids aren't there, um, we'll tell this story, because it's goddamn funny. Oh, yeah, um... It's really important to note that um, we swear a lot in these episodes. Yeah, and spoilers. <laughs> um, and and yeah, and we have a lot of spoilers. So like, if if you're a kid, maybe don't listen. No, if you're a kid, um, you should totally listen because this is what adulthood is actually like, and you're fine. If you're a parent oh, yeah, advising whether your true, kid yeah. should listen or not, like I, I, you can say no, it's fine. But if you're a kid, if I was a kid, yeah. But I was I was saying that for the parents, so that they would feel better about it. Um, kids ignore this shit, right? When I was a kid, you know? I was never like, yeah. Ooh, I have to be 18 to watch this. I guess I'm just out, like, because it's like someone swearing. Your discretion swearing. is advised. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Well. Yeah. Oh my god. I I went to the Fog Town Brewery website. By the way, great brewery. Okay. Um. And accidentally clicked the I am under 18 or under 21 button. 
and it linked immediately to the frog town puppet show <laughs> which is in a different state <laughs> what that's awesome but i was very happy it about turned it. all beer pictures like into photoshop pictures with sippy cups just like pasted over them yeah 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 frog town yep that's respectable cool well remind me next yeah. time i'll tell a fucking wicked story perhaps the funniest story at least in right. recent memory but let's get Will off the Pokemon episode. Will it be Slime Rancher appropriate? Because that's what we're doing next week. Well, that's the question, right? <laughs> are we doing that or are we doing League next week? That's the question, right? I guess we'll discuss that off there. You'll see. Is Slime Rancher Shit. a weird harem anime game? Let's <laughs> 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 well, about it next week. <laughs> yeah, you know what's really fucked up is that like we're sitting here fucking condemning Pokemon Unite for being that fucking gateway game that could, just gets you into like all these disgusting MOBAs. And our podcast that you saw because you're into Pokemon Unite and you're just like an innocent fucking seven-year-old is a gateway into just some real garbage trash. <laughs> and we're sorry. But I think that's everybody's monetization scheme. We're sorry, so. but we're not. We're not sorry. Yeah, we're not. You'll get there eventually. So fair enough. Yeah. Okay, let's get out of here. All right. All right. Hitting that stop button. Okay, so before we get out of here, because we accidentally left our Craig uh, on during the game that we played after the podcast, I'm going to give a little sneak peek window into our Champion Select uh, sort of experience. Uh, it's coming up right now, so enjoy it. Let's get into that now. No wolf skin. Don't do it. Don't pick Pikachu. Oh, God. I haven't practiced any other character. No, don't do it. Come on, Venusaur. Go. Can you Unless, not? Oh, no. not he hasn't locked in, in but he hasn't not locked in. I think he's AFK, right? He's probably AFK. Oh, yes. there we oh. go. He switched it. Got it. Lock it in now. Called top. Oh, lane. dude, I'm the fastest go. lock in the fucking West, bro. <laughs> Call that he's top. He's like, wait, lane, I want a Pikachu. Though. Fuck you. Boom. Success. This is the most stressful part of the game. It's just getting your roll. It's just champion select 100%. All right, see you next week.